Life isn't about avoiding the bruises. It's about collecting the scars to prove that we showed up for it. Join Nikki Seberini for the next hour as she explores heroism through illness. There is a warrior inside each of us. This is Life Links with the DL Link. Life Links is a funding initiative of the DL Link. Professor Naidu on the show today and just to tell us about, um, you know, the Chalk Childhood Cancer Foundation, um, what's happening, um, also early warning signs. So we're going to be looking at all of that. Professor, welcome and thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me on my show. I was in your studio a few years ago, but uh, in COVID times, we we have to change how we do these things. I remember that very, very well, Professor. And, um, I remember we were, we, we actually had someone on the show with us. He, the, um, I've forgotten his name, that it wonderful dancer. Am I correct? Yes. He was a survivor or he is a survivor of childhood cancer and now is oh. in the States and is a dancer. Oh, amazing. And you know, you've heard my introduction and we talk about, challenging times and we talk about, I mean, everyone's with COVID and all the changes that have taken place. And, you know, on top of all of that, the, with all of the challenges is we can't forget about the illnesses that continue, you know, the having regular checkups, going for the treatments. From your point of view, Professor, have you noticed it being more of a challenge because of COVID in terms of people bringing their children for the checkups that they should be coming or for the treatments? Uh, yes, Nikki. Uh, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic in uh, last year in March, obviously there was a lot of uncertainty, not only with uh, us, but throughout the world, what was going to happen. And there was such a focus on COVID and the unexpected. We didn't know if you got it, did you die? Did you get better? And also at that stage, we didn't know what was the effect uh, that COVID would have on children with cancer because children are immune compromised during therapy, either due to therapy or the disease. We expected that our children, if they had to get COVID-19, what would happen to them? Would they all die? But as the months went by, my main concern became the collateral morbidity of COVID, of the SARS-Coronavirus, because what we realized is that children somehow, and we haven't, we do not know why as yet, have tolerated infections with the SARS-CoV-2 virus much better than their adult counterparts. Mm. So then this comes, then this is what we discuss now, the collateral damage. Uh, my concern is that many children are presenting with advanced disease. I think their parents, for many reasons, are not taking their children to a local clinic or doctor or pediatrician. I mean, a lot of the parents have lost their jobs, so transport money is a problem. There's this ever-present danger of contracting COVID-19, and um, so many patients are coming with uh, a delay delayed diagnosis. So we're seeing lots of patients presenting, you know, with the really advanced disease. That's the first one. The second one is that um, uh, for patients who do get, uh, who do, uh, my patients who are on current treatment, who are exposed to the virus and test 
positive, we have to delay the chemotherapy at least two to three weeks. So we will not know the impact of that um, immediately. This we will only understand in three to four years' time. And we're keeping a very careful record of who we're delaying, why we're delaying, for how long we are delaying. So the so these um these answers are not easily available to us now, not here or not anywhere else in the world. And we have had a very large number of patients just in our unit. Recently, Greece published their results. For the whole country, they saw 19 cancer children with COVID. In my single unit, I've had up to 80 in this period. Sure. Yes, but I think it speaks to the lack of social distancing, uh, transport facilities, you know, which are crowded. So I think it speaks to, to the problems that, uh, my patients experience in their communities. Mm-mm. Sure. Professor, I mean, this is, um, it's really concerning. And as you said, on so many levels and looking at the collateral damage and, um, let's, let's just rewind a little bit in terms of, 80 of your patients um, getting COVID and as you say, having to delay the treatment um, if they have been, if they have tested positive. So a lot of people talk about the Delta virus. So children being more exposed or more children being infected by the Delta virus than the other variants. Have you found that with your particular patients? Yes, uh, this year with the Delta virus strain, we've had more patients testing positive than yeah. we did originally and with the beta strain. So, but fortunately, my kids haven't really gotten very ill except for, um, well, unfortunately, we had three deaths. Um, but, um, uh, so most of them have actually uh, been infected, but not really ill. And that may, there may be complicated reasons for this. A lot of my children are immune compromised, so they yeah. may not be able to manifest a very good immune or robust immune response to the virus. So there's so many unknowns, Nikki, yeah. and a lot of research has been done. I'm actually at the moment um, in the data cleaning process of my research for COVID-19. So hopefully we will have all this published and hopefully we will learn from other centers in the world too. Mm, hugely challenging. As you say, so many unknowns because if we just look at COVID now and so we're not talking about um, immune compromised um, people who are going through that kind of treatment and you're looking at the long COVID. And so it must be, you know, when you're working with these kids, it, it must be incredibly challenging. So in terms of vaccinations, Professor, I mean, we haven't obviously opened the vaccinations to younger kids, but some of your patients who are um, 18 and above Above, um, I don't know if you deal with with them. Have they had vaccines? It, is there any kind of issue with the treatment and the vaccines from your experience? Uh, Nikki, um, at the moment, uh, we haven't had many of our 18 and over being vaccinated. Mm-hmm. However, there's so much of uncertainty about the COVID vaccine in the young child with cancer. Yeah. I belong to a global group. 
uh, an advisory group and uh, we are currently writing a paper for publication on how we should approach uh, COVID uh, vaccine, um, the COVID-19 vaccine in children with cancer. And I suppose we will be able to extrapolate that to children with other diseases that cause immunocompromise. So it's something that, you know, it's all work in progress mm. and these these things do take a long time. We're just looking at information for for children who do not have cancer at the moment, and we will use that to extrapolate the information. It's time to recognize the children and the families affected by childhood cancers and to emphasize the importance of supporting research on these um, during these um, devastating times and these challenging times and You know, I have Professor Gita Naidu on the show and just outlining the huge challenges of COVID, how very often, um, you know, it could be because of job loss. It could be just because of fear around COVID and make in contact with others. But there certainly have been delays with bringing children in for um, um, checkups, for um, treatment. And um, that is hugely challenging. So uh, Professor Naidu was talking about sometimes dealing with children who are at a further stage because we know how important early detection is and also so many unknowns. Um, if um, I mean, the, Professor Naidu alone, eighty of her patients um, have tested positive for uh, for COVID. Unfortunately, losing three um, and just you know hugely challenging. Professor, um, you know, as you said, you you're, you're kind of witnessing what's happening and looking at research and sharing your information with other doctors in South Africa and around the world and. So it will unfold because of the many unknowns around COVID and these different variants. So you were saying that in terms of vaccinations for children who have cancer, um, the, you know, you're still looking at research, but children who don't have cancer in South Africa, uh, you know, under the age of 18, um, we haven't exposed our kids to, to vaccines at all. But what are your thoughts on, on vaccinating below? the age of 18. Nikki, as you know, I am not a general pediatrician. However, I work closely with uh, Professor Shabir Mahdi. He's mm-hmm. the supervisor for my PhD. And as you know, he's an eminent um, vaccinologist. And as soon as the information is available about young children, I'm sure he will advise the Department of Health on the route that we should take. He has introduced many vaccines to South African children, to the world. So it's something I I, I would rather not comment on because yeah. I think the information is not available as yet. Uh, who should be vaccinated? When should they be vaccinated? The thing about uh, the teenagers with COVID vaccine is that you need an intact immune system for the vaccine to be able to seroconverge to have a, a good antibody response to it. And for children who are immunocompromised, this is the, the advisory group that I'm working with. When in their treatment should we actually immunize them? Mm. So uh, that is still that is still a work in progress. We haven't published yeah. that information as yet.
Mm, wow, these are unprecedented times to be living through and just kind of unfolding and seeing what is going to evolve um, must be very challenging, Professor, for all of you, incredibly challenging. So let's look at something that we can talk about and that is certain, and that is um, early detection, encouraging people during this month um, to to look out for, for certain symptoms, not to wait, um, and really to bring your child in for for, for those kind of um, treatments as well, if necessary. So perhaps we can look at the, the, the cancers, the childhood cancers, um, the, 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 the more, um, the ones that are, I've, I've lost the word, but the you, know, you know, the more common ones. Thank you very much. And the, the symptoms that, that parents should be looking out for. Okay. Uh, Nikki, this is um, an important month for childhood cancer, as you know, and this is why you've invited me to be your guest. Uh, it's Gold September, and uh, yeah, Gold September, a little bit about it is in 1977, uh, 1997, a group of parents um, impacted uh, by uh, childhood cancer decided to use the gold ribbon to um, uh, represent uh, the warriors and the heroes fighting for their life. As we know, gold is the color of hope and rejuvenation, and this is how now it is celebrated uh, internationally and even here in South Africa's Gold September. You were asking me about the most common cancers that we see in South Africa. Uh, our our uh, the types of cancers is not different from what is seen in the rest of the world. So in South Africa, Africa, and including high-income countries, leukemias definitely our most prevalent cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, lymphomas, uh, brain tumors, CNS tumors, tumors of the kidney, which is a little bit more in uh, South Africa than in other parts of the world. Neuroblastoma, muscle tumors, and eye tumors. So those are the most common ones that we see. And what kind, I know I got a, uh, I got a breakdown from my producer, um, where you can look at uh, early warning um, signs, which I actually think is brilliant. I, I actually think that more parents should have access to it. And I'm presuming that it is on the website, but maybe you can just give just very quickly, um, um, just general early warning signs. I know that there is this silhouette early warning signs of childhood cancer. Perhaps you can go through that. Yes, Nikki, about uh, 10 years ago, um, our unit wrote up these warning signs and every, actually it was a huge, huge need for it because yeah. we were seeing children with advanced disease, uh, which suggested that these cancers, which are highly curable, were being missed by, mm-hmm. by families, by uh, preschools, by primary health care workers. So the, the mnemonic is Siluan. Siluan was was a, a Greek monk who was on Mount Athos and the yes. humanity. So um, the, 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 what it stands for, S-I-L-U-A-N, is S is to seek medical help early. Uh, the eye is for the white spot in the eye. It may be a new squint or sudden blindness or a bulging eyeball. Mm-hmm. The L stands for lump, a lump anywhere in the body, stomach, pelvis, head, arms, legs, testicle, or other what people refer to as glands, lymph nodes. Uh, the U is for an unexplained fever 
uh, over two weeks, not responding to antibiotics, an unexplained weight loss, fatigue, uh, pallor, uh, easy bruising or bleeding. The A is for aching. That's aching bones, joints, back, and easy fractures. The N is for neurological signs. Any change in um, walking, balance or speech, regression of previously acquired milestones, uh, continuous headaches with or without vomiting, and an enlarging head. So these signs have been adopted by our Department of Health. They have uh, been adopted by the PODC Committee uh, of SIOP, which is the International uh, Pediatric Oncology Organization, and has been used um, in many countries now in including South American countries, um, uh, Malaysia, and, of course, here in Africa. So it's it's quite an easy mnemonic, um, but it's something that we ha- it has to be ongoing education to mm-hmm. get people to pick it up. If we look at it in high-income countries, the t- 20% of children with cancer reside in high-income countries, and their overall survival is 80%. We have this 20-80 divide, and in the um, 80% of children with cancer live in low- and middle-income countries. And in many countries, not South Africa, fortunately, their overall survival is 20%. Sure. So we really have to, it's a, it's a disease that can be cured, unlike yeah. many adult cancers, which cannot be cured. And this is what people have to know. Childhood cancer can be cured. Mm, so early detection, vital, and so Absolutely. really a strong message, um, cancer awareness in children for the month of September, really to get this message across, and especially with COVID that's keeping people back, go to the doctor. If any of the, any of these symptoms, go to the doctor, um, because early detection is key. Absolutely. Oh, Professor, thank I you so much. More. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. It's lovely oh. to chat with you. And it's lovely, lovely to chat to you, to have you on the show and take care and look after yourself. And uh, we'll probably chat again same time next year. And let's go, uh, let's hope, please God, um, you know, we'll have a lot of the challenges behind us with lots of insights and uh, be able to uncover a whole lot of stuff that we can use going into the future. Thanks, Professor. Lovely having you on the show. Thank you, Nikki. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Professor Gita Naidu, President of the South African Children's Study Cancer Group, um, pediatric oncologist, um, really stressing the importance of, you know, especially p- promoting it during the month of September, being Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. Early detection is key. So you can go to the CHOC um, website if you want to look at those symptoms, the CDUN, and um, yeah, just go and check that out.